Hi everyone, welcome to Colton Corner. My name is Lisa Green. I'm a sophomore. I'm the Vice President of Religion and Culture at Hillel Society on campus and the Interfaith Fellow. And today I am so excited to welcome Karina Fuentes. Um, and uh, Karina, if you could start by telling us your title and a little bit about what you do on campus, that'd be awesome. Sure. Um, hi, everyone. Thank you, Lisa, again. My name is Karina Fuentes. Uh, my pronouns are she, her, Aya. I'm the Associate Director of Intercultural Development. Um, I've been here two years. Of course, my first year was COVID, so that mm, was yeah. crazy. So I got to enjoy one full semester mm -hmm. and probably February and a little bit of March and then realized things were moving differently in my career, especially. Right. So um, a little bit about my role. You'll always see me when it comes to Heritage Months whether it be Latinx Heritage Month, Black Heritage Month, and also um, you'll see my name pop up in emails when it comes multicultural competency training. So um, my role is a little bit about that in paper, but Karina in reality is more, um, I work with different departments. Um, the best thing about Lafayette community, I have so many um, colleagues that I'm really close to, so you'll see me either in Skillman Library, actually, with um, Anna Lors, um, being with her and like collaborating in her side of the world, and also with um, LAF. Um, mm -hmm. I had the pleasure to be with them, so you'll see my name pop up in a few places. But um, I'm a huge student support advocate as well, so you'll hear me from students as well. But that's a little bit about my role. Wonderful, and we'll certainly come back to it later um, on in our conversation. But how did the pandemic kind of change your role? Do you think? So um, my pen, I guess the pandemic changed the role from being like, of course, like in person and moving into what does support look like virtually, right? Mm -hmm. um, our department's truly blessed in the fact that we have such a closeness with students that we had a connection, whether it be through FaceTiming them or like some felt comfortable Zooming. Of course, after mm -hmm. being Zoom fatigued, which, which was reality, yeah. students were like, I'm over it. Can I like call you? When before calling was like, what? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so some, right? So some students were like, you know, texting us. So we didn't lose touch with our community that we work closely with, uh, um, um, basically, but... I think the hard part was our world, like our DI work in OID, we feed off a lot of students in person or what their ideas are. Mm -hmm. So a lot of our students as well were like, how can we create awareness in a virtual space? How can we bring speakers and such? And in all honesty, we brought speakers that we probably couldn't afford it in the past because virtual setting was way cheaper than in person. <laughs> right, so. Yeah. And also being transparent with students that bringing speakers in is like not just paying their honorarium, it's like paying for their lodging, right. paying for their meal, um, paying for their travel it's at times. Yeah. It's a lot. Mm. So there's a few um, agents that, you know, make the whole payment one package, which is easier on us. But there's other agents that are like, you need to provide the Lyft drive and or Uber drive or whatever. So it embodies a lot. So we did save a lot of funds on that sense. But my role was more just analyzing and also connecting with other colleagues from other um, universities and other higher education um, offices to just see what was their approach, how did their students work. And one positive thing that we noticed a lot, especially with our multicultural competency training, we noticed that breakout rooms and the virtual space provided more of like a safe space for students to speak up on what difficulties they had or how to be more competent. Mm -hmm. um, a great example, I teach empathy versus sympathy. Mm -hmm. Students were, they felt more comfortable open up that they have a hard time dealing with empathy. Or some students love to be more 
sympathetic or receiving sympathy, but at times he didn't realize how sympathy could be a wrong message when you should mm-hmm. be more empathetic. Um, and I guess empathy goes a step further, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Students also realizing that empathy, you could still be transparent, that you don't know how to be empathetic with someone when mm-hmm. at times students are, were very confused as the fact, how can I help, especially the POC community or um after the Black Lives Matter movement, how can I be of support to Black students in my floor as an RA or as an orientation leader? How can I be more welcoming to people of color? So we realized that the virtual space had a lot of benefits benefits, and we've still continued a little bit on the virtual space. We'll see what next academic year will look like, but um, my role definitely changed in a different, like, it was very harsh, but at at the beginning, of course, it was hard on everyone going into virtual space, but there was hope that we realized that we still had connections and our work was still being um, praised by students and awareness was still there. Um, the transparency that Lafayette College also provides was one of the, the motives that I had to come into this space or, or have this position. Um, especially since I got my master's in Lehigh and that was a little hard. Oh, oh. <laughs> so only master's, but I'll make it clear on this wow. podcast that um, my hearts. home is Moravian. I am oh, a Moravian wow. student. You've been, you've been through the Lehigh Valley. Oh, right? yes. Oh, yes. Oh, girl, if I showed you my story. <laughs> Let's just say I had a non-traditional college journey. Oh, but... we'll get there. Oh, <laughs> okay, my gosh. Cool, cool, cool. Were you ever in Muhlenberg? <laughs> nope. No, <laughs> Muhlenberg, I got to just tour it, be there with students. <laughs> but you name the Elbeg school, and I've been here. I've been there. I've been wow. There. That's wild. But... Um, well, I'm so I'm so excited to find out you, everything Lisa. about you, the nuance, get into the nitty gritty and, and figure out what makes you you. So let's start at the very beginning um, through the lens of faith and spirituality. Mm-hmm. So what would you say your faith tradition is? Sure. So um, growing up, especially as a Latina, my background is my family's from Chile. Mm-hmm. So um, the the major religion is Catholic. Um, and my parents were Catholic. Um, I was baptized in the Catholic church as well. But when I was around four years old, my parents, um, converted into Christianity, but more like denominational Christianity, if that makes sense. Oh, I didn't know you'd have to convert. Yeah. So they, you know, you do the prayer and like you accept Jesus into your heart and then they, that's how you converted, I guess. That's how From Catholicism to to Protestantism? To non-denominational. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yes. Evangelicals, if that makes it more. Oh, oh, gotcha. Yes. (laughs) Sorry. I know the Spanish terms, but in English, I'm always like, how can you No, you're so good. So as long as you got it, that's good. Um, but they became, um, evangelicals, non-denominational when I was like around four-ish, but my parents were always, I think by the age of 15, my, especially my mother said, it's now your decision. Which pathway will you take? You know, we're not going to pressure you in this. My mom was always pressured into religion. Mm -hmm. Um, again, she grew up Catholic her whole life and her father always told her, I don't want to pressure you into that. When my, my grandmother, which was her mom really pushed her like I want you to go to the Catholic Church I want you to do like all the steps that you have to do like do you know why they converted that's so interesting um they just I think I'll go from what they have shared with me at least they never found my dad was never actually religious in the past Mm -hmm. I think he his family is Catholic but they never practiced or anything so it wasn't very um it's not embedded in their identity 
My mom's side, on the other hand, she never found herself in the Catholic Church. And nothing negative. It just wasn't really her suit. Mm-hmm. And um, for the longest time, actually, in Chileans, um, in Chile, their education, their school system, you always had a religion class, no matter what oh, school you went. And it was just called religion. Right. Would you, you learn about every religion? Or? No. No. So here's the funny thing. It wasn't <laughs> It wasn't supposed to be portrayed as like, you know how like back in the day in the United States, there was always like religion class, but it was mainly Christianity. Yeah. So it was right, like really, right. really embedded in like the Bible and like, yeah. you know, Pledge of Allegiance country, you know, under God. Mm-hmm. In Chile, it was just a religion topic and it was always more Catholic and they would always bring a priest in from the local Catholic church. Mm-hmm. So my mom would always have that as a teacher and growing up, she just didn't really connect with it. That's the only problem. She never had problems at all. She just, she just didn't feel she connected with it. And when she, when my aunt and uncle became evangelical, she, uh, we actually went to Chile at that time to visit. She met with them and she went to their church and it was just, she felt a connection there. She felt like it was for her. Um, if that makes sense. And, yeah. and again, going back to being 15, having a mother tell me it's your decision. I didn't know what to choose because I did grow up right. in the church. Well, what um, memories do you have around um, growing up evangelical? I have great memories. Mm-hmm. Um, I Again, we were at a church in Chile, which was very – it was at a time that it was um, a lot of people were connecting with God mm-hmm. in different ways – um, not everyone was like, we never went to a church that was like, this is how it's always been done in a sense that we felt mm-hmm. like correction or judgment was there. Interesting. We, there was no judgment over there. It was like a great time where people were just, a community was being built in Chile. Mm-hmm. Coming back to the United States, we actually were recommended an Assemblies of God Church, which is here in Bethlehem. Interesting. Wait, yes. So when did you move back to the U.S.? So, so my life, little pieces. <laughs> yeah, I've always lived in Chile and United States, back yeah, and forth. Wow. So that was actually more of a visit that mm-hmm. I was in Chile. And then when we came back, like just normal life here. Um, I was born in the U.S., by the way. So mm-hmm. my life has always been first USA and then Chile. Were you born in Pennsylvania? Um, New Jersey, actually. Oh, nice. Okay. But I lived there for like three years, so I wouldn't yeah. even count it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so no memories there. But um, coming here, we were recommended Assemblies of God because... It was an. It still is an American church, but they had um, Chilean pastors oh, as the Spanish speaking. Yeah. yeah, and the Chilean community is very small in Pennsylvania. At least in Lehigh Valley. Let me speak Lehigh Valley. Sorry. Yeah, it's very small, um, and it's mainly a big family that we met. Like they're all connected. Yeah. It's it's wild. So <laughs> That's really cool. so we were able to like you know be welcomed here. And one thing about Assemblies of God, you learn a lot. It's a mm-hmm. lot of they have a lot of like classes. So mm-hmm. they have like and they even have like missionettes for ki- for girls and like stars and like different levels of like oh, wow. teachings and like it's almost like Girl Scout, but like <laughs> but like in church. In yes, in church. <laughs> That's great. So, I mean, I was just in that church, and I went to that school. I was in private school up until high school, my freshman year, and they were all, like, Christian. Um, I think two of them had been Baptists, but I always grew up in that world. So that was my identity for a while, but, again, it was mostly that I was being part of because my mom would bring me along. So Mm -hmm. fast forward to 15 years old, I'm already finishing my freshman year of high school, going to sophomore and that's when I went to uh, public school, no religion base. And right. after that, public school was like maybe one semester, and then I was transferred to a charter school. Again, no religion base. 
I got to finally decide for myself, what did I believe in? What is my faith? So um, I truly am privileged that I had a mother and a father who didn't push me. Um, and it's really special. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and for myself to find it, I did find my own identity in Christ, and I I still believe. But I don't I don't like to call myself Christian per se because I oh, feel like that title has been. It has so much baggage. Yes, yeah. it has so much baggage. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the way I describe my faith, I still believe in God, but that's my personal identity. Yeah. I've seen You're that. not in a group. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I mean, I still go to church. Yeah. It's very Do you have a church nearby times. that you like? Yes. Yeah. My church is, um, it's called Templo Refugio, and it's very, very diverse. Like, we're mm. mainly... I think the majority Latinos. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, yes, but they do bring a little bit about their Pentecostal ways. So it's time. Yeah. It's very hard for me. Like I'm very liberal when it comes to like right. being there. Like right. I'll think differently, and they're like, "Here comes Karina." Your <laughs> thoughts, and I was just like, uh, "We yeah. need to address this." Yeah, you're so, like, "Yeah, you're gonna hear some opinions." <laughs> yes, yes. So they respect me, but that church um, definitely shaped me. Um, a lot as to what my faith is. When did you join? Um, so after Summers of God, I think when I was like around seven or eight, we went to that church. Oh, wow. So and do your parents still go? So my, yeah, yeah. My mom oh, still goes cool. and yep, my parents still went. Yep. So we're still all there and it's, it's, it's going through some phases right now. So at times I'm like, is this still a place for me? I've been there for way too long, but I think mm-hmm. it happens a lot. When you've been yeah. in a space for too long. You feel like disillusioned. Yes. Or you get yeah. accustomed to too many things or you already know too many things. Yeah. And right. it's just like frustrating at times. But It feels like it can't change with you. Yes. Yeah. But I'm seeing some change now that I'm like, all right, maybe there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Are there things like what has changed that has kind of made you question and step back a little bit? Um. So being in a spot that's majority Latinos, even in our culture, there is embedded a lot of homophobia um also not understanding um different cultures as well um Mm -hmm. we do the majority before was puerto ricans and at times they didn't understand the undocumented families in our church Mm -hmm. so we like a a great example we had a speaker that he actually knew two lawyers from florida who work specifically with undocumented families Mm -hmm. and they brought him they brought both of them like for free to to pennsylvania and mind you they come from florida And they're lawyers. Like, they should, you know, be getting paid and stuff. Yeah. Our church did not support. Uh, Like, we had a whole session, and our church did not show up. So, thankfully, this pastor really spoke to our church and said, you know, you might not relate to that, but everyone, this is your brothers and sisters, if that makes sense. Like, this is a community. So, we still need to support one another. And I'm privileged that my parents didn't come in undocumented, but I I see that all the time within my own community that... I was really frustrated. Did you have friends who, who came in undocumented? Um, it was mostly adults that mm-hmm. I met. Um, and some of them, I um, they had disclosed it with me, and then others, I had no idea. So when we had a session, um, and we made it a safe space for them, and also our church is, um, I believe it's a, it's like a, it's considered a sanctuary, sorry. Like, it's, it's a safe space for undocumented folks. So, like, right. an example, like, it was... It was at the beginning of Trump era, I believe. Um, that yeah, and that if anything happened, they we were able to have them in our in our area safe. Mm-hmm. So oh, that's amazing. An asylum. An asylum. There yeah. we go. Thank you so much. <laughs> of course. I was like, I'm, I'm like, is this no, that's always me. I'm like, I'm <laughs> so it's an asylum. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
And that session went so great with them. Like we had a workshop so for them great. and a lot of them were youth, but there was like two married couples that had younger kids. Mm-hmm. So my mom's also involved in um, an organization called Migrant Education Program. Mm-hmm. So they recruit families that are, might be working in agriculture or even at times that if they're awesome. cutting meats in workshops. So like she, she helped out in a sense that if you qualify, your kids have like free services, whether it be um, tutoring for them, homework help, mm-hmm. um, advocacy in the school, and workshops for parents. So we got a chance to really help out in that area for the, for the students at least. Oh, that's amazing. How did your mom get involved there? I think she got the connection from a friend at that job, and she's been there since 2014. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and she's she's now the um, administrative assistant there. Mm-hmm. But um, as she worked there, I was able to do an internship there. I've worked oh, awesome. in their summer programs as assistant teacher, and that's kind of where my um, advocacy for refugees come as well. Oh, that's amazing. Um, if you ever saw me in my office, I literally have a little doorknob thing that says um, this space. I think, I think it says this space... Um, welcomes refugees mm-hmm. so that's a huge that's another um, passion of mine as well but um, although they're migrant families the majority of them are either undocumented or are mm-hmm. refugees especially in Allentown area with Syrians and now oh, a lot from Afghanistan yeah. but but whatever I like whatever documentation they have that's not a question that migrant program asks mm-hmm. they serve all kids like if oh, you qualify so yes yeah. So they really serve everyone. That's so special. Mm-hmm. Um, jumping back just a second, I- yes. I'm curious about your college journey. So <laughs> the non-traditional so, college. Yeah. Journey. Yes, so yes. in high school, you know, you're you're figuring out your faith and and dropping yes. the label, um, yes. and questioning and and did that connect at all to your college journey? And definitely, I can bring yes, faith yeah. is a huge connection to my college journey. So. Before non-traditional, and someone corrected me. They they said, Karina, you need to start saying non-traditional. But honestly, I used to say it was not the best college journey. Oh. So, and I'll be fully transparent. So, yeah, of course. Um, of, um, coming from immigrant parents, like my parents, I'm not a first gen. My parents went to college. Um, but Chilean way, obviously, is completely different than here. Really? So, what's it What's it like? Oh, my God. It's so different. Like, apparently, when you're a senior, you have to take this major test. Like, you know how we take oh, SATs? Yeah. Well, now this generation doesn't even have to take SATs. <laughs> it's like, whatever. But, I know. Right after me. Yeah. Oh, they my God. <laughs> I'm doing that with my sister. I was like, uh, it's, it's like a question. Like, you, you get to put your SATs test in. Test optional? <laughs> exactly. So, excuse me. In Chile, um, basically... You, when you're a senior, you have to take this big test with like, it's called like a big global test or something of mm-hmm. some sort that you have to study so much. And that test determines what career you should study or if you're allowed. Like, let's say you wanted to be an engineer. That's a passion of yours. If you yeah. didn't pass that test correctly, you might not be welcome into that career. Jeez, that's yes. brutal. It's very brutal. But yeah. it's so embedded in their culture that they knew how to like navigate it. Where if I were to go to Chile, I'd be like, wait. Right. right. Well, what do you, what is I don't get a choice. <laughs> so they didn't know how to help me that way. And also I was, I was a product of a guidance counselor that did not do their job very well. Uh, like they, the they came to my high school fairly new and this counselor still remembers me and she's actually my sister's counselor, which is hilarious. Oh, and I'm like, great. <laughs> you have the same <laughs> person. How old is your sister? Oh, my sister, she's um, 17. Oh, so she's a senior wow. now. Yep, oh, yep. that's so cool. Oh, yeah. So she's she's definitely getting all my help from college. <laughs> so I'm like, don't do this. Don't do, yeah, like, right. do that. 
But this counselor, she's a guidance counselor. She's an amazing person. But I think she just didn't know how to approach my type of identity where I didn't do college tours. Like, I wasn't those people that in the summer, like, I had friends that came back and they're like, oh, I went to 10 colleges this summer, visited. I didn't even know I had to visit. I had friends who went to 35. (laughs) Yes. Who has the time? No. Who has the time? No. Nobody. (laughs) And even watching a movie, like, with Raven, I remember that it was, like, college road trip. I was like, what is this? Like, the Cheetah Folks? Yes. Yes. Raven. um, I forgot last name. Raven Simone? Yeah. Raven Simone. Yep. Yep. Love her. So, growing up as a teenager, like, I was just like, what is this? SATs, I literally took it because... I remember my best friends were taking a SAT prep course, yeah. and I was like, oh, let me be part of this. Aww. And then I went to take the SATs without studying it. Like, I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. And I would ask these questions, but it came to a shock to a lot of people in my high school. They didn't know what I was talking about. Hmm. So um, moving forward to my senior year, like like graduating, the only college that called me back was Cedar Crest College. Hmm. And my mom and I were like, all right, maybe this is, like, God's will. Like, again, right. moving everything with God's will. That's, like, embedded. Um, <laughs> That's what your mom would always say. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, and I said, okay, let's go for it. And mind you, I had applied to two other colleges, but when mm-hmm. I called them waiting, like, I was, like, waiting for the response, they told me they never received any documentation of mine. Just the guidance counselor. Yes. <gasps> and trust me, I got oh. recommendation letters. I gave no. her everything. Yes. So... I look oh. at it more as, like, that wasn't my space. Right. That was just, this was the plan. I, I Like, my philosophy of life, if this didn't work out, it's just it's for the it, best. It's for the best. Yeah. So I went to Cedar Crest College not knowing about loans. For a while, I thought FAFSA, FAFSA was, like, free money. <laughs> so trust me, not a I'm like, that's hilarious. No, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So Cedar Crest, I was there for three years, but my first year, my freshman year, in the month of April, which is kind of like, you know, you're getting close to, like, finals, my father passed away. Oh, I'm so sorry. So, no, thank you so much. But that, and that's where my faith comes in, right? Mm-hmm. My father passed away, and thankfully, all my courses really respected me without even showing a death certificate. But I had one professor who did not believe me. Oh, like, no. I went into class after one week. I only took one week off. That's where amazing. my yeah. mom did not pressure me. But I felt deep down I can't give up because yeah. I was, like, one of the biggest things my father was, like, you need to finish your studies. Like, he'd always push me, especially being – I am the first, like, American yeah. generation, like, first-gen American um, to study here in the United States that my father was, like, that's such a blessing, you know, keep going. So yeah, yeah. I made that decision upon myself. Looking forward now, actually, it probably wasn't the wisest thing. And I'll tell you, I'll continue the non-traditional yeah, college journey. Um, but I did go back after one week. And one professor, I, I still remember to this day, she spoke to me. And thankfully, I did not have a panic attack because I was oh. this close. And she said, What'd I hadn't. Oh, she she was like, I had not received anything, Karina. I don't, oh. I don't know if we can, you know. And I, what can I say at that point? But what she was basically say? saying, like, I don't know if I can give you um, – a redo on the exam that you missed no so that same day yeah literally oh. and mind you i mean maybe so, this and i think i always think on the other side maybe this professor had a student that lied about it oh. my dad's side not that very close it's yeah. it's much of a smaller family but my mom's mom um she's like my second mom and i there was a period of my life my life where i lived with my grandmother and my grandfather mm-hmm. and they were like amazing oh, how old were you I was about um, six years old. Yeah, that was so going like to Chile times. I went to second grade in Chile. That was like a period of my life where I lived there where my parents like separated. So like I went to Chile mm-hmm. with my mom, 
and my mom needed to she got an opportunity to like teach English to engineers in mm. Patagonia oh, wow. so she got to be there for like I think like two weeks it wasn't even that much but my parent my grandparents they my grandfather taught me how to ride a bike he taught me oh, multiplication tables yeah, my grandmother taught me how to do so much she taught me how to like really do math without using calculator yeah and like so to this day I mean, math. oh yeah like my, my grandpa would do the same right yeah. like grandparents like trust me i i think even my job some people would question like okay your grandmother died but that's kind of the cycle of life but no my grandparents were like huge factors in my life like my grandfather already yeah. passed but my grandmother now she's she's still here yeah no it's yeah it's real. it's interesting to me i think a lot of people are like yeah you know you see him a couple times a year or whatever mm-hmm. um yeah, but it's such a big deal. I mean, yeah. that they were everything to me. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, girl, anytime you want to talk about memories, Thanks. I love to hear yeah. that. I love my girl. You know, they were on The Afrenda. They were? Yeah. Oh, no way. Yeah. Oh, my God, that's right. You. Oh, thank you, Lisa, yeah. for submitting the picture. Oh, my God. Yes, I remember. Yeah. Oh. I think I submitted, like, four because I'm obsessed with them. I know. Uh. I was, yes. Oh, I do remember. Yeah. I was like, thank you, Lisa, for submitting. But oh, every picture was so beautiful. Oh, also, I should have taken this angle photo ah. this other angle. Oh. But I still have the pictures. So when we do the ofrenda, I'll still continue to put oh, them up. So I really so appreciate sweet. you for participating. But. I really love that tradition, um, you know, Dia de los Muertos, of, yes. like the memory lives on, that helps them live on. Yes. That's, um, my my mom and I, we saw Coco in theaters three times. No way! Uh, yeah, and she, her grandmother name now is Coco. Um, cause that was, <gasps> oh my God, that must have been emotional. Yeah. I still cry when I watch it. Like, it just oh, still gets you, me. Oh, how could you not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, at the end, when he's with, the, oh, when he's with Coco. Ooh. Right? That's brutal. Should we give oh, any spoilers? I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, spoiler warning for Coco yes, for my warning. favorite Pixar movie. No, literally, <laughs> so literally. Cool. No, Coco's the best. Coco's a fabulous, but uh, from Coco to college. Yes, uh, yes, no worries. No so, worries. so this professor is a nightmare and horrible. Not until mm-hmm. I gave that certificate, she came around. Oh my God, it That's was crazy. And honestly, I grieved for one week. And mind you, again, like whoever's listening. Don't grieve for one week. That's a lie. Yeah. Um, in colleges, like, I'm the first to say if, the, if anything were to happen. And thank you, Lisa, for opening up. Because yeah, I'm course. here in any way to be empathetic in that part. That if for any reason you need more time, take more time. And there yes. is opportunities. Like, I'll advocate for you to come back if you have to then, you know? Yeah, but for me, Cedar Crest College, and, like, I connected with a colleague who is who was a director there, actually, of their DEI office. And I told mm-hmm. her that office never existed. So in yeah. Cedar Crest, I had no support. I had no one to hear wow. me out. Where is Cedar? Is it in? It's in Allentown. Oh, it's literally like, um, maybe like um two minutes from Dorney Park. It's that close. Oh wow! Yeah, it's really if to put you in perspective, it's pretty close. Is it small? Yeah, it's a small private college. I mean, they're mostly known for nursing, mm-hmm. and it and it is known as an all women's college. Oh, but they have accepted like, I guess like all genders now and mm-hmm. um. I don't, I, they are, like, their LGBTQIA office is pretty open, so they do have, like, all identities accepted. Um, But, and they have, they have, like, a good, like, Saudi Arabian men who have come. Like, it's, like, some type of, like, connection. So they, they're different. They're way different now. Way, and then Mm -hmm. this colleague that I spoke to, she told me that a lot of alum reached out to her and said there was never advocacy for, like, Latinos or, like, people of color at all. It was, like, a college where you got to do your work, become a nurse, and, like, graduate. Right, well, no, that was no not support network. Yeah. yeah, so there was no support there, and um, 
I thought, let me continue college there. So I went there after this was my, this was April 2012. Mm -hmm. I went fall semester. I failed a class. My advisor was like, Karina, you still got this. Uh, my advisor was like a hippie from like the 70s. He was like the <laughs> coolest awesome. guy, but I also kind of blame him for not realizing that I didn't even know what credits were. Yeah. And I thought I was taking classes that I wanted and I would walk out with a bachelor's of Something. political science. Yeah. Oh. That's what my assumption was. Oh, I didn't know you were poli sci. Yes. And actually, it was global studies there, but I was poli sci later. So... Hmm. Let me just end the Cedar Crest era, but basically <laughs> yeah. I was there until 2013, and then that's when the dean of advising told me, you're nowhere near to graduate with anything. And, like, they took that long to tell me. No. Yeah, it was, it was really bad. And you were, like, two or three years through? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh. I said, I'm over this. I'm yeah, over gotta get college. Yeah. I'm out of this, and... I really thought of the belief that one day I'll marry someone, I'll just yeah. be a stay-at-home mom, whatever, whatever. That that's always that's always in the back of my mind. <laughs> Honestly, like, man, this is wrong. Can I be the trophy wife? I don't need to. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. <laughs> Honestly, but I'll make cakes. I'll be Donna Reed. That's yes, yeah. and actually I do bake on the side, so this is oh, hilarious. I love that. Yes, but um, if it weren't for my mother, who is like a huge, like she's a truly. Um, amazing woman and again she came to the United States by herself to continue studying like she just wanted to study more when she was 21 so she was like no Karina this is not an option and actually I'll bring in my grandmother I didn't tell my family that I dropped out of college because I just was like I don't really want them in my business and when my grandfather passed moving forward to 2014 mind you that time I was an assistant teacher at Head Start I worked in um, the Bayou in Bethlehem as a hostess. Oh, no way. Yeah. So I was working there, and then I worked at Loft. So I did retail work, and I was like, there's no growth here. Yeah, right. So I went to Chile in 2014, and when my my grandmother found out that I had dropped out of school, she came to me in tears. And that, oh, when your grandmother cries, I was just like, I cannot, I cannot. And she... Man, my grandparents' story, like my mom's parents, they were orphans. So for them, they didn't get a chance to go to college because it was like, get out of the, my grandfather was in an um, orphanage, like house, like it was just very toxic. Mm -hmm. And then my grandmother, she was, um, she grew up with her grandmother and her grandmother passed. So she was like left alone. get out of there, yeah. So they, their only things, I mean, it was like the 50s, it was get married and just you know, have kids and that's it. So my grandfather had a job. I mean, he was part of the military in Chile. Um, So they were like, that's basically what it was. So for them, their hopes of us studying, like they paid for all all of their three kids to go to college. Um, Mm -hmm. And then the grandchildren, like college was, was, it had to be an option. Yeah. So to see her cry, I was just like, wow, I need to go back. So, and looping back to my faith, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now if it wasn't for my faith in God. Like, I was truly depressed. I I had so many – my mental health was all over the place because, again, I only grieved for, like, one week. So, right, honestly, of course. I, yeah. yeah. Honestly, oh I didn't get a chance to grieve very well. I can't even imagine. Did, so – So did you go – did your grandparents help you through your grief at all? Um, My grandfather was already, like – his mental state was always there. It was good uh, up to his death, but he was not 
I think they didn't tell him just to like make sure he was like okay because he was already my my father died 2012 and then my grandfather died 2014. Uh-huh. So they just didn't want to like. I I guess my grandfather just like he was okay, but they just felt like we shouldn't tell him. But my mm-hmm. grandmother knew about it, so I hadn't seen my family in 10 years. So when I saw her in 2014, um, that's when she broke down crying and she said, "I know that you lost your father, but." I want you to go back to school. Like, I know you can do this, Karina, and, and blah, blah, blah. So I was just like, okay, ma, my grandmother, I was just like, okay, um, I got to get back. How do I do this? So I literally came back from Chile and was like, let me try, and sorry to all the listeners. <laughs> let me, I'm from Bethlehem, so this is the only place. Were, my mom was like, you should try Lehigh. Yeah. And not to put Lehigh on blast, but yeah. they were not really welcoming to transfers. No. Like, so... And let me put this in perspective. I went fall semester, and they said, Karina, come back in March 1st, and we'll talk about you transferring in. Mm-hmm. I literally came March 1st, and they mm-hmm. said, we already accepted all our transfers. <gasps> Who no. told you? Yeah, Lisa, the amount of stories I got, like, do you oh. have time? <laughs> oh, boy, do I. Oh, my God. Yeah, so I said, I told my mom, see, Lehigh's not it. Yeah. <laughs> all the listeners are going to be like, exactly, Lehigh's not it. <laughs> But Lehigh was just like, it, it, I know, right? Go parts. <laughs> if I knew about Lafayette, hey, I would have been here. But um, it was awful. So then I told my mom, I was just like, what do I do now? So I literally went to Moravian. And to this day, I'm truly, truly appreciative of Moravian. Oh, that's so great. Their transfer um, director, basically, she, um, which her name is um, Erica. She's an amazing person. So if she ever hears this, oh. I hope she she remembers this, but I went to her she office. She Googles your name, she will. Yes, yes. Um, Erica, when I went to her office, she said, all right, I took a look at your transcript. I'll be honest with you. You should go to Northampton Community College. Just mm-hmm. take three courses so you can change the GPA and transfer them in, and we can see you fall of um, 2015. No, 20. Let me see. Hold on. This was 2014. 2016. So, like, I had to wait almost, like, a year. 2015, I had to take, because I went to NAC 2015 fall semester. There we go. Mm. And I was, like, going to a community college. What? Mm. This is, like, going from the beginning. Uh-huh. Will I even finish my bachelor's? And NAC, to this day also, I love Northampton Community College. Oh, like, I had awesome. the best professors. I had one poli-sci professor that she was to this day she's an amazing person and she was even rated like professor of the year of that like amazing person and she even told me karina lehigh they look like they're the harvard of bethlehem side they're nothing i know i know why is that so funny i know right because they're on the hill and they look old (laughs) no i toured there they're no let me tell you going to grad school there the hills suck I couldn't imagine. I if I can say that word. They, they're the worst. But you Go for it. Thank you. But <laughs> she told me, Karina, you should go to Moravian. And I said, well, this is the plan. So, like, she helped me out with that class. She she allowed me. She This professor, though, I wish all professors were like that. She told our class, you either take a midterm. No, you either take a final or write an eight eight-page paper about some topic that you're passionate about. What do you think uh, I took? Yeah. <laughs> the paper. Of course. Love the paper. Yes. Always. Always yes. the paper. So <laughs> she she does this peace conference at Northampton, and I told her, can I write about that, but also the migrant organization, because my mom works uh, there. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. So looping into that, she allowed me to write about the refugee crisis. And after that, like, that was actually part of my research in Moravian. Mm-hmm. So NAC, I was there 
fall semester 2015, spring semester, and then I, I went back to Erica from Raven and she said, Karina, you got, and I got straight A's. Like, oh, I was just very, like, awesome. I gotta go to this. Right. And um, she said, we're all through. Like, you're gonna get your acceptance letter. Oh. I, and, like, she, she even gave me, like, a scholarship. Like, everything in person. I was just like, and I, I tr- one thing I really appreciate from her, I was very open to her. I said, I don't understand what credits are. I don't understand yeah. what I need to bring in here. What are the requirements? What do you recommend? And she was, like, super transparent with me, which oh, is, and, so I, and I explained, it's like, I'm not dumb it's yeah. just i my parents you went to school differently that. yeah of course. exactly yeah where a lot of americans here in the united states they think every other country is similar and i'm like no so after knack i finally went to moravian and moravian i was like i don't want to be more than two years right so i took courses um in their winter term now moravian has a lot of online courses so mm-hmm. I took um, winter term one and winter term two, mm-hmm. um, which is like in December, they have an accelerated course and then January they have another one. So like That's it's, awesome. it's yeah. very like one class and then they have something called the May term, which is one class. And that one was accelerated. And that summer I took a whole, t- 2017, oh, wow. I took a bunch of classes yeah. and then three classes. And then I met a dean of um, registrar which this woman is literally invited to my wedding with my Aww. with my boyfriend because i also met my boyfriend at moravian oh that's so yeah. cool were you in class yeah. together no we were in the lsu which is latinx student union club oh, <laughs> yeah. that's so cool. and we met through there so still to this day we're together and then this Aww. dean from the registrar's office it's been like five years oh yeah five wow. years together mm-hmm. oh that's amazing um this dean actually helped both of us to really understand what else was needed. And she was mm-hmm. super transparent. Like, again, when I when I meet students at Lafayette, I'm like, if a person was not transparent in their office, I'll make sure to be transparent with them. And tell <laughs> I love them, like, it. Yeah. hey, you're missing this, you're missing that. Or maybe a leave of absence is smart so you can come back fully equipped. Like, honestly, that transparency piece helps so much. And I wish there were more people like that. Me too. Right? And yeah. at Moravian, they really were. So fast-forwarding up to my senior year... Um, I got to graduate from Moravian and my advisor was like, Karina, you should, you should go, you have to go to grad school. And I was like, ah, mind you, I'm so over at college. Like, uh, it's been like, what, six years? Yes, like, it was. Let me rest. <laughs> literally, Lisa. And, and you were taking all those extra classes. Like, oh. Yeah. My summers being like, excuse me, yeah. I need to get like online to like read this. Oh, God. It was the worst. Honestly, oh. it was the worst. But Again, like where I'm at right now, it's it's going great. But oh, after awesome. Moravian, I went to Lehigh for one year to do my my um, oh Moravian. I graduated with a political bachelor of political science, awesome. and then Lehigh graduated with a master's in political science. What made you want to go that track? I think it was honestly being shaped by um, so my culture definitely is embedded in my life. And mm-hmm. Chile, their culture. Um, if you look at the history in Chile, there's been a lot of um, protests yeah um, college students have always that's a part of the culture there's always protests about anything i always think like salvador and yeah, yeah yes exactly um and pinochet and like the yeah, military crew right. and like so it's and my my parents always my grandfather being part of the military but he was a musician mm-hmm. so he was never part of the military but when like he was the musician in the military's band 
And then when Pinochet came in, it was like all military personnel had to be part of like Yikes, everything. Like fighting, yeah. Exactly. Fighting cool. or, you know, um, tortures, which a lot of people oh. don't really believe in this, but there's enough evidence. And I can speak as a Chilean person that there is evidence. And my grandfather, thankfully, up to his deathbed, he said he had never tortured anyone. He oh, never did good. any of that. He yeah. And he even allowed my mother to listen to protest music where he, all of them could have been shot on the, on the spot. So, in, in my family, it's always been politics. But when I went to my mom's job, mostly when it was like refugees and I saw the humanitarian aspect and also migrant workers, I wanted to go more in the political science aspect, but in humanitarian work or DEI work. And that's kind of what pursued me to that. But also, I think the biggest thing that shapes your major is professors too. Oh, for sure. Right? Yeah. Like, if your career doesn't have great professors, you're like, this is not no a career for me. Yeah. <laughs> and the professors I got were very much like, and I can put in perspective, the first professor I got in Moravian, which Erica from the transfer department recommended, she said, you need to take this class before he retires. Oh. That professor is not even welcomed in Lehigh University. Like, they kicked him out because of what yes. he speaks. <gasps> Mind you, some political things are like, oh, yeah, that I can see how you got, like, kicked out. But... He knew about Chile, and for me, for people to know about Chile is like you know, like even you mentioning <laughs> Salvador, I'm like, how do you yeah. know this? Well, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of um Isabel Allende. Oh, right, Isabel. Yeah. Oh my God, Lisa, we're definitely gonna talk about this. Oh yeah, <laughs> the House, House of, of Spirits. Spirits. It's my favorite. Oh. It's my favorite book ever. Yeah. Yes. No, literally number one. <laughs> oh my God, can I tell you? My senior year of high school, we read it, and my <sighs> my teacher tried to get her, tried to get her to be our graduation speaker. But she's that would be so she's extremely cool. expensive. Like she didn't yeah, have. You know, it. it's funny. My grandma loved her too. <gasps> Isabella and and she amazing. said she said I want to meet her before I die, <sighs> um, which that's rough. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, but no, I I love. Did you ever watch Jane the Virgin? Yeah, I love Jane. And she yeah. showed up. Yeah! Girl, I know. And, oh, I always do the magical <laughs> realism sound. Oh. oh, yes. And she showed up. I was like, Isabel took time to be there. Yes! yes. Isabel showed up. No, Jane oh. is a definition of, like, what I wish I could have done. Like, become a writer, and, but, but not her whole, you know. I love Jane. Getting pregnant and everything. Yeah! That'd be nice to avoid. <laughs> not a novella, so Bob That's, around, that's the nightmare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is not what I've chosen, but... Yeah, oh my god, I, I truly appreciate what people know about Chile, even where it's yeah. located. And Moravian had so many professors that knew that. I was just like, this is the career I want. How can that's I know so more? Cool. Yeah. And I and that's how I met my one advisor who we're still friends and she Aww. she's Professor Haddad, but Aww. she now that I graduate, she's like call me Christina and I still find that weird. Yeah. See what I'm saying? And like if teachers aren't like that or professors why, why are you here? Yeah, yeah exactly. I'd be like, oh, change a route. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what happened in Cedar Crest. There wasn't uh, professors that really the got cared. my interest or, or yeah. not not even cared. I think they just weren't knowledgeable either. Right. I think I came in a period where Cedar Crest College didn't have like a student support team or um, advocacy for people of color. I didn't see that very much. And I right. definitely needed that with like what happened to me in my life. Yeah, of course. Like freshman you year your father passes and I'm just like how how do I move on from this <laughs> drawing this back to my faith too if it wasn't for my strength in God or like mm-hmm. my identity with <clears throat> God and just realizing that I can do this and pull it off my diploma my degrees wouldn't be existent I wouldn't even be a happy like friendly person I guess I don't want to say happy person I meant to say 
I well, it gives you like, a feeling of purpose yes, and, and groundedness. Exactly. Yeah. Like the purpose. Like where do mm-hmm. I go from here? I had right. no idea what my purpose in life was. Do you pray a lot? So my philosophy of prayer is conversations with God. No, me so, too. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> so I I don't get down on my knees and yeah, like no. and, and not that I, I feel like God hears me when I wash the dishes. God hears me when I I'm pray, driving. This is quirky. I pray whenever I shower. Girl, I was gonna say <laughs> I'm real comfortable. Oh my god. Shower is like the moment where you're just yeah. like, all right, God, what's up? And yeah, like, no, for real. <laughs> hey bestie. Yes, uh, <laughs> yes, yes. No, I oh it's like a reminder. Like exactly. Okay, okay, we gotta do this. Yes. Um yeah, and Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. No, no, you're good. Because in Judaism, you know, we have these 613 mitzvot, like commandments. Okay. Um, and one is just one is just pray in any way you want. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love that. I love that yes. casual prayer. It doesn't, you know, I, I like formal sometimes, certainly. Same. Mm-hmm. But it's cool to have that balance. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I think if I didn't have those conversations with God or like, I used to journal a lot too. I don't do it as much oh, now, which I definitely yeah. need to get back to. But during journaling, I would talk to God anyways in that sense. And it was almost like a sense of relief that I had someone listening to me without that um, interruption of opinions, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you talk, like I have a huge relationship with my mom, but we can't, and she has a relationship with God too, that we can't talk things together because one or the other might say, maybe you need to do it this other aspect or something. So like, my time with God is super personal, and every morning I literally talk to him because if not, I could not go about my day right. without that because my job could be awesome or, you know, I have a plan in my calendar, but I always have that one student that shows up, you know, asking me things or, like, somebody's mental state is not doing okay or yeah. I might have a colleague that needs to help and other, and it directs me completely different of what my day was planned at the beginning or even the night before. Mm-hmm. So if I didn't do those talks in the morning with with, um, God, which I literally call him like dad, basically, because I'm just like, now that I don't have a dad, I'm like, all right, you're the man now. Like, you're my father. (laughs) So like, do you talk to your dad too, though? My dad, like, especially with my accomplishments, I'm always just like, dad, like, I Look at me now. Yeah. Yeah. And even my cap, when I graduated from my bachelor's, I said, thank you, dad. Thank you, mom. So like, I put both of them, even though my mom, like, she was there half of (laughs) it. But my dad was at the beginnings, so. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. that's amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I even have a picture of him in my office. I'm like, it's, this is because of you, Dad. So, Aww. yeah. So I don't necessarily I talk to him, that. but whenever my accomplishments happen, I'm just like, you know, I just I just put it out in the air, and I'm like, he's probably busy in heaven. I'm not going to bother him. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's chatting with someone. Oh, yeah. yeah. And now my grandfather's there. They, they were really close together, too, so oh, they're probably just... Really? talking up a storm and I'm like let me not bother you yeah. <laughs> oh well I'm curious about that what do you think about an afterlife so for me I think and this is more of a personal approach I yeah. I do believe in heaven and only because um there was a major death in the family when I was like seven years old mm-hmm. which was my oldest cousin oh. and she was like the first granddaughter the first niece like she was like an older sister figure right and the family was not prepared so honestly that's another not traditional my family doesn't have the traditional cycle of death as it should be you know like grandparents first and then parents and then children no so that death was introduced at a very early age of mine Mm -hmm. and when she passed mind you I was only like seven and I still remember I asked, like, I prayed to God and I said, I want to see her again because I didn't get a chance to see her. And actually, before she died, we were supposed to 
head to the city she lived. And I was in Chile, thank God, at that time. That was a period that I was there when my parents separated. We were supposed to go see her the next day, and that's when we found out that we were traveling to go see her, but not alive. Oh, so, so no, thank you. I So I prayed, and I asked God, I want to see her. And in my dreams, I literally, like, I, I had a dream that I saw her so, like, happy and, like, yeah. completely, like, safe and like i don't know like just so at peace that i was like heaven has to be real yeah like and that's again that's my personal approach because everyone has you know their own understanding of what the afterlife is so that's why i like asking exactly so like and i respect everyone's thoughts but and i always share what what has happened to me and the same thing happened with my father and my Mm -hmm. father that was wild because i never saw my father young and in my dream, my father was, like, so young, so energetic. Mind you, my dad was, like, a truck driver for 20-plus years. So when I knew him personally, he was, like, you know, limping a little yeah. bit, tired all the time. So seeing him so energetic, I was, like, my dad's in heaven. He's living the life. He's, like, stress-free, healthy. Um, he had a lot of heart problems, so that's why his blood pressure, sorry. So, um, that for me was like, okay, heaven has to be real, like in my eyes. Yeah. So that's my ideal of uh, afterlife. But, and when it comes to hell terms, I'm no one to judge or no one to say that person's going to hell. Cause again, I'm not God. Right. And that's, that's my understanding also how God works. He is a just God. That's my belief. Um, but I'm no one to say that this person will go to hell. Like I, I can't determine that. Cause even in the Bible, honestly, it doesn't. There, it says sins, but it doesn't say like if there's no mention. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's that's I believe um, mm-hmm. we have these things called midrashim, right? And they're mm-hmm. like little stories that fill in the gaps, yes. right? And one of them, they say like, yes, we all sin, right? Mm-hmm. So when you die, your sins are wiped clean, mm-hmm. and then you're sent to heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, see what yeah. I'm saying? Like, there's no, there's no like mention specifically like this yeah. particular sin is like. You're damned to hell. Like, exactly. So, and and again, those are the doctrines that are being taught at times that I'm like, but I don't, I don't recall even, so I believe like in Jesus that I don't recall him being on earth saying this community is going to hell and this, that. No, like I, and that's what I try to preach today. And I live that lifestyle. If you actually live like Jesus, you're pretty chill, you know? Yeah, you love one another. All he said was love one another. Relaxed, yeah. Exactly. You're not coming down on people for everything. And I am am the last person to judge. Like, when he drew that line on the floor and he said, the first one who's committed sin, cross over. Cast the first stone. Or cast the first stone, right? Who has not committed sin. I'm like, I'm the last person to, like. There's no way. Exactly. (laughs) So I sin every day. Um, so that's my belief in, in the afterlife, honestly. Like, for me, heaven has, in that, uh, and also, I, I gotta empathize with those, those who, death has not been real in their lives. Right. Like, my, my boyfriend, death has not been, uh, for him, death has been his grandfather, who was, like, 80-something, passed, and everyone else is still doing well, everyone's still doing okay right now. He has his other grandfather passing away, possibly. He's in the hospital, but, like, he's, mind you, like, 80-something. Are they not super close? This grandfather, he's not that close. The other grandfather, which was his mom's dad, they were a little bit close. 
But my boyfriend... I, this, I've been saying this for a while, uh-huh. and people in my family disagree. <laughs> I feel like everyone's closer with their mom's side grandparents. What's yeah. up with that? Yeah. I don't know what it... I, I mean, and I can speak of my story. My father never made it a... He never made it... Not mandatory, but, like, he never encouraged me to make a relationship with them. Yeah. My mother, though, was like, we're going to Chile and we're going to their house. Right. So... And going back to my childhood, I was that person who left in May from school, went to Chile for all summer break, Mm. and came back in September before school started. Oh, that's so cool. But Chile was wintertime, so it's not really cool. Oh, (laughs) yeah. So I never had summer, Lisa. I actually never had beach trips until I was in high school. Never went to Disney. That's not a... I don't know what it is with Chile, but if you go to Chile, they're like, have you been to Disney? I'm like, no. Wait, what? Not everyone in the United That's States. That's just a random connect. Oh, because, got it. Yeah, okay. the United States. That's so funny. <laughs> oh, it's like. Like, have you been in New York? Yeah, yeah New York, I that I could share all the time because yeah. we would go there every Christmas, but. Oh, I love New York. I never, never went. I never had, like, vacations because that was literally every year of my life. Mm-hmm. And I don't regret it because I really got close to all my cousins, my grandparents, and my culture, like I got so close to that. Like I, I speak both languages. I read and write in both languages. Right. Which Which was your first language? Um, I think at home, my mom always kept Spanish. Yeah. So it was Spanish. But once I went to preschool, it was English. But she, for again, every every kid has like their animation or shows that they watch as a kid. For me, it was all Barney. So, Barney. yeah, so yeah. I had the VHS, which I'm aging myself right now, but yeah. no, I just <laughs> I had all the VH, um, yeah. VHS tapes, and that's where I got my English. And my mom also spoke to me in English, but she always kept chili at home. Oh. So, even to this day, like, I still live with my mom and my sister, like, I'm still oh, with them. Really? Oh, yeah, girl, oh, so I'm like, cool. I'm not married yet, I'm not engaged, so might as well just oh. stay home. <laughs> yeah, I and love that. yes, and we're and my mom's like my best friend, so. Oh. So to this day, home is Chile and outside the door is the United States. (laughs) Do you have, I love that. Do you have like Chilean food? Like, is it all? Oh, yeah. We, um, our cooking style definitely is Chilean. Like our rice is like white rice. Um, We always have bread at home. So Chile is completely opposite than like Central America and like Caribbean where, well, Caribbean could be like bread, but Central America is like tortillas Mm -hmm. and like Mexico tortillas and Chile, South America is more like lower South America, like Argentina and Chile is bread. We always have bread. Oh, that's, that's an avocado. Like, oh. like we always put off, like not always, but like avocado is a choice to put it on your bread, toast. Like before avocado became cool. Yeah, you'd be like, <laughs> we were doing this a while ago. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's one of the things. And my mom, like, and and she's taught me some Chilean like meals, but we don't have like. I think our empanadas are different, honestly, but we don't have, like, a, whenever people ask me what's your, like, national dish, other countries have something similar. So it's yeah. really hard to really say, like, oh, this is only a Chilean thing. Right. Where so if I... crossover. Exactly. Yeah. So um, we try to cook some things, and my sister, she knows, like, some of the foods, but... Are there other things that are, like, uniquely Chilean that are in your house? Um, let me think. So Chilean culture, we're very big on tea. Mm. Like... Um, we actually have a time in the day um, that it's like so the schedule in Chile when you go to work you start at 8 a.m. and you come home like around 6 7 mm-hmm. it's a long day so you have a strong breakfast in the morning 
everyone in the whole country has one hour lunch break and some even have like two hours oh, so wow. and like businesses close from 12 to 1 like oh, banks amazing. close 12 to 1 still to say it's like that places close at that time so people either go back home or their jobs actually have a cafeteria and they give you food for lunch because like that's mm-hmm. part of the culture right I so that. i know i'm like i wish that was everywhere yeah, that, that should be here <laughs> but then again i appreciate to have like shorter days and like getting yeah. home at like seven that kind of stinks that's mm, that's it's rough. brutal yeah so um after the lunch where it's the biggest meal you go back home around seven or six or or eight at times and you have like dinner, but it's called La Once. Mm-hmm. So La Once is like, and it has a whole history on it. And I, and again, anybody who's listening, they can research La Once. Once but, 11. Yeah, Once yeah. sounds like 11, but it's, it basically means like a break. And some houses have dinner. But in my family, that time, we didn't really have dinner. We would have like, maybe there was like scrambled eggs with like cheese, and then there's like oh, bread. Cool. You eat salami, ham, cheese. There's on another plate. And then somebody might have baked something. There could be like a cake, a pastry. It's like a breakfast. Basically. But it's like a time to wind down. And tea or coffee is like the main thing. And even mate. Which mate is like. Oh, yeah. Oh, I've had mate. Right. And mate, again, it's like a trend now here. And I'm like, oh, I've been having that since I was a kid. You're like, "Mm, I don't know about this. Exactly. So I have to say what's at my house. Like literally we have boxes upon boxes but recently i went to chile um before the pandemic actually i bought a wooden box and we have it stacked with like very like variety flavors of teas and what i appreciate about that and that's something that we always have to have at home there's a lot of herbs that you can't find here mm-hmm. like there's specific herbs that are like that really helps you with the stomach pains or like uh, when you like when you have remedies. a cold. Yeah, home. Yeah. Oh, that's another thing. Like super <laughs> embedded in my culture, home remedies. Oh, I love that. And that's something that we never like. If I buy American like Bigelow tea, sometimes it doesn't work how I'm. I want it to work. Yeah, it's like mm. exactly. So that's one thing I appreciate from my culture, and we always have tea. So whenever anybody wants, and if you go to my office, I actually have the Chilean teas. Oh, I love that. And I've told students, I'm like, and I, I think I had two students once that, like, had a cold, and I'm like, take this tea. And I have yeah. honey and tea. And I have an electric Next time cup. I have a cold, I'm going to stop by. Girl, you have to, <laughs> yeah. yes. But honestly, I, I bring that I into I had two last month. <laughs> yes, so please, if you need yeah. a tea, I have some good teas for, for colds, where you're going to find yourself sweating the cold out. <laughs> yeah, great, great. <laughs> right, right. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, Korea, this has been so much fun. Thanks, I feel like we could talk for hours. Like, this is the best. Well, thanks for uh-huh. making time to hear me out, because yeah, I know I can course. speak a lot. No, I love it. I, I feel like... Like, we've been talking an hour. Um, oh, my God, I know. This is amazing. I hope right. the editing goes okay. Oh, <laughs> no, it's going to be great. Um, no, and I, I feel like we can talk for, like, five more hours. Yeah. Yes. No, this is awesome. Yes. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks again for taking time, and your questions were yeah, awesome. Like, oh, I appreciate thanks. it. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, Any yeah. time. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening. What? Uh-oh. Did I just start recording?